Welcome to another edition of On the Inside Track. Have you ever wondered how a person became who they are today? How did they come to certain beliefs? How did they choose a particular path? Who or what influenced the person they are now? Join me, Debbie Hazelton, on the inside track as one-on-one my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here on the inside track. Hello there, and wow, welcome to another edition of On the Inside Track. It has been a while. Well, I intended to take July off due to convention. There have been a lot of changes going on around here at ACB Radio. On this week's show, we have somebody I just have thought of for so long Uh, This is Rachel Schroeder. Many of you have known her from ACB and the Illinois Council and ACB Radio. And, oh man, uh, my friendship with her goes back a long way. Um, Gosh, just it's so good to have had this opportunity. And it was great to see her at convention as well. We had the same purse, practically. It's very funny. I brought this weekender bag that I had gotten at Sam's. I had no idea who Vera Bradley was or what a Vera Bradley bag was, but here I was walking around all week with this really cool bag. And then I sat next to Rachel in the um, general sessions. I was moving around, but mostly I was kind of hanging out with her until it was time to vote. And uh, then I went and sat with Florida I am going to join Alabama as well. I'm here, but I'm still, my heart is so much still with Florida as well. And uh, so I'm not letting that go either. So anyway, I sat with Rachel and all of a sudden one day I felt her purse. And I was like, wow, it felt just like mine, only smaller. And hers had butterflies on it, and so does mine. So I was like, wow, what a cool sign that is. So anyway, we got on Zoom late last night. Oh my gosh, it was close to 10 o'clock and uh, recorded. So I'm happy to bring this to you now. And thanks so much for being here. It's really great to be back with you. All the questions that you Hello. ask about your life. Welcome. Thank you. I mean, I think whenever we get together, we're just sort of on the inside track, so this will be natural. (laughs) The only thing that's missing is a 3 a.m. breakfast. I know. That is. I know. We did that a bunch of times. That was so fun. Yeah, and I used to bring my broadcast set up way back. When I came to your house and I was traveling for work, I used to bring my broadcast set up in a backpack because... I yep. did a lot more on ACB radio at that time. And, and, you, um, and you were traveling so much, and you had it strung all across the living room. I did. I had a couple TV trays. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, little place I lived in. After yeah. Another one. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, because you really were one of the ones that introduced me to the idea of internet radio and 
got now me. Now look what happened. I know. <laughs> She's all in, full force. Yeah, like 13 years later. Oh, my God. And I was the one that took a little bit of a back seat. Um, but I still do some broadcasting. Yeah, you I'm, do. I actually did some commercial broadcasting too. So yes, you did. <laughs> you never know that could happen again. It's kind of nice getting paid for, even though it was little, but you know, getting paid for what you like to do. So mm-hmm. I actually was able to make a little side job out of it, which was a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. Well, I bet people missed you when you went away. I'm still around. You just kind of have to look sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And do you go still by Lady Rachel? or what do I you... do. Yeah. Okay. Um, my show is Soft Sounds. It's I actually still broadcast on ACV radio, but I kind of have to make it more generic now because it's going over about 16 different affiliates across the country. Um, so kind of the way it, it worked out, I had done soft sounds for, uh, WQNA here in Springfield before I left Florida mm-hmm. and kept that up once I got here and, uh, also did, uh, ACB radio stuff for a while and then pretty much did soft sounds for Q&A for quite a while longer mm-hmm. and uh, a couple other stations picked it up. And then ACB Radio picked it back up in addition to like 16 affiliates. So other stations, we're in, uh, we're in New York, we're in New Orleans, mm-hmm. we're in, um, yeah, I, there's one in California, there's a couple in Florida. In the Quiet is that way too. Yeah, that's real exciting. When is your show on with them? <laughs> well, with each affiliate it's different, but with ACB Radio and with uh, WQ&A, it's Tuesday mornings from... 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central, so 7 to noon Eastern. Boy, it's been a long time since I've done the time conversions. Uh, <laughs> I'm really just recording the breaks ahead of time. Okay. And then putting them together that way. And mm-hmm. and actually, Jim helps me a lot and puts some of that together for me as well mm-hmm. because I've got a four-year-old that's keeping me busy as well. So I knew you yeah, do. Fortunately... I was thinking about Jim tonight and our Mad Libs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We had some really good ones on the air. Uh, when you came up here, you know, we always say that there's the show that the listeners hear, and then you've got the show behind the show, which is usually much more interesting. <laughs> Believe me, there's a show behind the show that oftentimes can't even be aired. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Mad Libs. We, we did a lot of Mad Libs. Over the, it was actually, we did Mad Libs over the air. We did, yeah. That was so we did have to kind of censor ourselves slightly, but we did. Such <laughs> a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was very funny. We deal a lot on this show with defining moments in our lives that um, maybe some significant things that added to the choices that we've made. Just looking back, I wonder if there are some some things that really affected who you've become or, or how you've happened to decide to go a certain way in your life. Uh, well, let's start off with the hard questions, why don't we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's mm-hmm. see. Oh, yeah. Well, you'll know that uh, through my clock that we're recording this at 10 p.m. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, basically, um, you know, I think I, I have had a, I've been very fortunate, very blessed to have uh, grown up in a family that 
that uh, is, has always been very close, has always, you know, looked at me as just, you know, another member of the family. You know, I, I happen to be blind, no big deal. Um, I've said oftentimes that I'm a person who happens to be blind, mm-hmm. not a blind person. Thank you. Um, there's a difference there. <laughs> you know, it's all in the way exactly. yeah. that, yeah, it's all in the way that you look at yourself and define yourself. And blindness mm-hmm. is not the top characteristic that I define myself by. Right, right. And um, Yeah, the person first. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, I've, I'm very blessed to have had a, a good family background. Um, and so I never felt like I was stopped from doing what I wanted to do. Blindness, again, has always been just one of those things I had to work around. So it might be inconvenient at times. And, and, you know, that just means we have to do things differently sometimes. And, you know, but there are those days that flat up, it just sucks to be blind. Let's face it. You know, sometimes we have those days. I remember you went to, you went to residential school. I don't know when you started that. I was fortunate. I um I was mainstreamed through elementary school, and then I went to residential um, through some of the junior high and high school. But I was very fortunate also to kind of have kind of dual, um, you know, go. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, you know, dual schools in a sense. Yeah. Um, so I went to the regular public school for a lot of my classes and mm-hmm. then I did the residential school in Florida for some of the more difficult classes to do in a, in a public school setting. Um, that is great. Now your family didn't move closer to that, did they? I mean, no, no, no. We're, we've always been in Orlando. My family's still in Orlando. Um, I'm in Springfield, Illinois now, but the school is in St. Augustine, Florida, which is two hours away from Orlando. So I got to go home quite a few weekends that's Um, that's nice and by then it sounds i did it that way too i actually was mainstreamed until my last couple of years and and they um said that a lot of people did it the other way went there first and then went to public school but i like the way i did it i think i knew what i wanted yeah well, and you know, in, during the teenage years, you've got a lot more of wanting to be able to fit in, yep. and you've got a lot more of those issues that come into play about how you're going to deal and what's your place in fitting into society and how you work with people in society. Whereas where you're, when you're a kid, I mean, yeah, some of that comes into play, but kids are kids. Mm-hmm. So I think in some ways, Plus the fact that if you have a good family life, you know, unfortunately, some of the kids that were there, they were probably in a better position being at the residential school than they were with their families, given their family lives. But, you know, if you're in a situation where you do have a good family life and you've got that that foundation of being with your family uh, early on and then, you know, when you're feeling a little bit more sure of yourself and a little bit older, you know, to be able to handle being away from the family, you know, sometimes it works out a little better that way. But, you know, like I say, I, I was mainstreamed all the way um, early on and then did some of the residential and I was mainstreamed again while I was doing residential. So pretty much I was mainstreamed most of my schooling. 
So, okay, so when you were there, were you in local public school as well? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I was at at the um, Florida School for the Blind. Um, It was called Florida School for the Deaf and Blind, but we were in the blind department. So Mm -hmm. um, I was doing some of my classes, like the difficult ones, to be able to kind of transfer to a public school setting like math, which is not mm-hmm. my subject. Yeah. Um, some of the things that you really needed Braille for, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, some of those I did at, uh, at the blind school. But mm-hmm. uh, things like English, the honors classes, and Spanish, and um, psychology, and history, and uh, what else did I take there? Just, you know, all those, you know, regular classes where, where yes, um, accessibility to the material is important but the the way that it is taught can can be transferred you know whether you're blind or not so I did those at the regular public high school that's interesting okay that's really cool so then when you would get homework and things like that was there somebody at St. Augustine that would... Yeah, we had a resource teacher that, uh, itinerant teacher rather, who would take anything that needed to be transcribed so that we could read it, and then she mm-hmm. would describe, uh, transcribe rather, um, what we wrote back from the teachers. Now, the cool thing is, you know, um, some of my stuff that I did, I was able to go ahead and do for the teachers without having her transcribe it back. Um, computers were just kind of coming into play um, for me um, to the point where I wasn't doing a lot with them, but I could at least type something out. Um, and I, I did some of that. And one of my classes, um, I remember specifically a history class, and Mrs. Johnson was her name. And she did a lot of multiple choice tests. So one day after my test, after I took one, she says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write out for me an A, B, C, and a D on the bottom of this test. So from then on, because they were multiple choice, she took that Braille key and she went ahead and graded my test herself just by knowing what the question numbers oh, were wow. and um, looking at the, the answers that I had put down. So fortunately, I had teachers that were willing to work with me. I remember Mr. Ryder, my psychology teacher, I – Again, like I say, this was when we were first kind of starting off working with computers um, that were accessible. And I had this one paper that I was trying to get done. And, oh, my, it was just becoming a nightmare because I had sections that I had done. And I was copying and pasting different pieces of them together. I can't remember exactly why I did it that way, but it was one of those where the information I couldn't tell what was on what pages and I remember writing a note because I was trying to have it done prior to me not being in school for a few days and I wrote a note I said I'm so sorry this is how it came out I don't even know what pages or what I so apologize um it may be a little jumbled but you know this is this is what I was able to get in here and I hope all the I hope everything is is in the printout so I get it back about a week later, and, and there's a big old A on it. I said, really? Seriously? He said, well, he said, yeah, it took a little figuring out, but all the content was there. Oh, I'm like, and this is somebody that, I was like, oh, man, I'm so going to fail this paper because of the technical difficulties I had. And he was able to see through that, and he knew I was trying to work on it. And 
you know, you're not always going to get those breaks. But, you know, I, I certainly had teachers that understood and were really trying to work hard with any issues that we well, did have. in a way, you met their adaptive needs. I mean, especially that one that copied those letters from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she then dealt with her adaptive need by you, you helping her. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was I, pretty cool. I had a a massage test when I was studying massage and they I had they had always read me those tests lady in the library but they this other person wanted to get it brailled and she brought it back from the lighthouse and it was horrible braille it was oh, all over the pages and it made no it didn't make sense but I got through it and I, I had to do matching and all this stuff, and I got through it. I had all my answers, and I felt really strong about it. And then the, the lady was subbing that day, and she said, read me your answers. And I read them to her, and she, you know, made a list of them. And she said, this is not like you. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, it just looks like you really missed a whole lot. And I said, well, you know, muscles and bones, I could have missed a lot. She said, no, no, no. Read me. She said, that's <laughs> not like this. Read me your first question. And I did. And she left the room and she came back and she said, they sent the wrong form. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my. So I had to take it again with the right form, and this time it was orally. And, you know, it was like that other one ended up being a good review, but I said, this is just, this is almost like being a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt with that one. You know, I was like, oh, this is going to be awful. I worked hard on this, and I tried so hard to make it so that everything was where it needed to be, but it just wasn't working, and that was all I could do, and it still got an A. I was very, very shocked. <laughs> so when you went into the public school, was it, what was it like to have, did you have friends there as well? I as, did. Yeah. I did have friends there. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry to say I haven't kept up in touch with all of them, um, which I'm kind of surprised. I have looked for a few of them on Facebook, mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of difficult with the vast, number of people on Facebook, you know, you have to kind of see the picture. Plus yeah. some of them might have name changes, you know, yeah. as I did for a while, but mm -hmm. yeah. So it's been a little tough to find some of them, but I, yeah, I did have friends. We worked on some projects together and, uh, you know, so that, that I was accepted, which was really so you nice. Were comfortable and it sounds like you were comfortable in both places. Yeah, I was, I, yeah. I was pretty adaptable. You know, I had, and I think from early on, again, you know, working with um, in public school early on, I was not just in public or I was not. Yeah, I was not just in public school and working with blind kids, but, you know, through my church and through um, being in Girl Scouts, you know, I was always mm -hmm. dealing with other people who weren't mm -hmm. blind. And oftentimes mm -hmm. I was the only blind person in the mm -hmm. group. Yeah. So it wasn't uncomfortable for me at all to be the only blind person in whatever situation I was in, you know, and that of course carried me through into college mm -hmm. where I um, went to ultimately went to UCF, um, mm -hmm. University of Central Florida, mm -hmm. who uh, we can brag on their football team now. Yes. <laughs> Go Knights. <laughs> Undefeated until uh, this past 
Um, which bowl was that? Past Sugar Bowl, I think. Oh. They were undefeated for two seasons until the Sugar Bowl. But, you know, just even that kind of stuff. You know, I used to go with friends of mine that I met in college, none of them blind. We used to go tailgate into the football games and go to the games. And, and you know, I met people through my internship, um, you know, which was World Cup soccer when they were here in the States. Um, you know, so I was just always working with people who weren't blind. Um, and I think that's, that served me well, you know, right now my job is working with people with disabilities, but really throughout my schooling and, you know, especially throughout my career, I've always tried to maintain some sort of involvement. Most of the time it's been some sort of employment, mm -hmm. uh, not always, but, um, some sort of employment outside of the blindness and disability field, just to stay grounded. You know, not that I wouldn't anyway, but, you know, it's just one more way to, one more way to, to kind of keep a perspective on the kind of quote unquote real world, you know, and, and, you know, I think there again, I know I can do it, but it's just one more way to kind of prove to yourself, you know, hey, you know, you don't have to live completely in the disability world and you no. can get along in society and, sure. you know. So I had a little noise going on, um, and I missed maybe. Did you talk about what you majored in? I did not. Um, organizational communications. Oh. Which today I kind of jokingly call a BS of a BA because you don't know what you're going to do with it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those that sounds really good, but, um, you know, and you can kind of go into – companies and talk to, them, talk to them about their their organization style, communication style, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of kind of HR type stuff. Um, and, and yeah, granted, you know, there's a lot of things that I could probably and probably have pulled into my jobs from that. Um, but as far as like using the de degree directly, um, I'm probably one of the 90% of people in the you know, that have gone to college that have, that are not. So, but you, you know, know, I'm thinking that might have even been helpful in helping you understand and help people with advocacy kinds of things and helping. Yeah. You know. you know, I think there's always, especially in the communications field, I think there's always things that you can kind of pull. You don't even realize that you're pulling it from what you learned yeah. in college, you know. Sure. But so I think there's always things you kind of pull in here and there. Um, and like you say, with advocacy, yeah, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, that is excellent. So, so you went to college and you pretty much in your work, though, you've been working. Are you, what are you, what are you, a rehab teacher, a rehab? I am an assistive technology specialist oh. um, with Illinois Assistive Technology Program. If you're familiar with the um, re, uh Tech Act programs around the country. Each state has one, and uh, the Florida version, for example, because I'm from Florida, would be FAST. Um, I don't know the proper names of, of a lot of the other ones, but um, you know. So basically, it's it's the Rehab Tech Act, or uh, not Rehab, the the Tech Act program rather, from Illinois, and mm -hmm. I am part of the team that um, is the state-funded portion of what we do, and that is the Blind Services organization here, um, contracts with us to provide 
services for their clients or customers. And that would be um, evals for people who are going to work or going to school to determine what technology they need to be able to complete what, you know, their goals in, in the workplace or school. Also um, providing training for those people. So I do the, a lot of the training components of it. Mm -hmm. So somebody is uh, going to school, they need to learn how to use the computer, they need to learn how to use the screen reader, screen magnification, um, braille displays, uh, sometimes um, iOS devices, mm -hmm. um, some of these uh, voice recognition stuff occasionally. So all of that stuff is stuff that I travel around the state and train people to do. So you're still traveling around the state. I am, but this time I have a driver. <laughs> Debbie remembers well. I used to travel around with uh, like $60,000 worth of technology in a suitcase that was bigger than me on Greyhound buses around Florida. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> And that's how we spend a lot of our time together is because anytime I was in Fort Lauderdale, um, she was sweet enough to open up her home to me and I always had a place to stay that was not like a hotel or, you know, so she and several of my Florida friends opened up their homes to me and it was really nice to kind of have a Fort Lauderdale home and a Miami Ooh, home and a Bradenton home. And yeah, so I was so very great. fortunate. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now I, because we, are going into so many rural areas where transportation just would never be available. Um, I do have somebody that drives for me. So that's, that's nice. And it, it's great because then I can do a lot of day trips. And especially now I try not to be on the road overnight too much if I don't have to. Yeah, especially now because? Because I have a little girl yeah. who's going to be five in September. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd pull, you'd grab that segue. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't wait for you to bring her in. Yeah. Oh, she's such a... So, um, Delaney is, you know, everything to me. Mm -hmm. She's um, she's awesome. Um, I decided, um, you know, I when I was living in Florida, I was married, and that unfortunately didn't work out very well I moved up here to take this job mm -hmm. and you know I always kind of figured you know I didn't get the marriage I wanted but I, I don't want to sacrifice having the kids I want mm -hmm. so yeah. I thought and prayed long and hard about it and mm -hmm. decided I wanted to adopt um, and tried to go that route and wasn't finding any success with any of the agencies, no success even with the foster care agencies. Nobody really wanted to work with me. God forbid I was blind and single, That's you know. Nice. Um, so, like, okay, you know, I could pay big bucks and get frustrated and ticked off and, and all that mm -hmm. and, and not get anywhere and still, you know, not have my end goal, which was to end up with a child mm -hmm. or, you know, I can just say, you know, I don't have to prove to anybody and, um, you know, kind of do it on my own. So I basically checked in to, uh, you know, went through a clinic and, and had her that way. So, and they had no issues with my blindness. The only question they ever asked me was, is your blindness hereditary? And I said, no. And they said, fine, good. We just wanted to know if that was something that we needed to watch out for. 
Cylinder. So cool. Yeah. So I would think I was just amazed that, you know, be, having gone this uphill battle for so long. I mean, I had people asking me when I walk into meetings, how are you going to feed a baby? Oh, you know, the same way you do. How are you going to make sure your kid doesn't walk out in traffic? You know, I'm going to the same way you do, you know, and it just got really frustrating. And I, I said to them, you know, I hope I'm being judged on the same playing field as everybody else. And there, again, I use that phrase. I, I'm a person who happens to be blind. Don't Thank judge me, you know, as in a you. blind person. And they didn't follow through and it just ticked me off. And I'm like, you know, I don't have to do this. So. So, and, and, you know, so when I was going through the whole process, you know, you have to take all kinds of medications and they were figuring out ways that we could make it all accessible so I could do it on my own. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, they, the people at the um, clinic and all my doctors were just awesome with that, you know, and they, blindness was never even a factor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had a few people once um, Delaney was born. Um, mm -hmm that kind of questioned it and I had to kind of stop them in their tracks and say, Hey, look, you know, this is how it's going to be. Don't ask me that question again. No, my, my mom lives in Florida. I live here. Um, that's not going to change just because I have a baby, you know, and my mom, mm -hmm. you know, even backed me up on that, you know, and said, yeah. yeah, she does everything. She's done everything for that baby. Mom came with me um, and stayed with me through part of my maternity leave. She's done everything for that baby. I've done nothing for that baby aside from what a grandmother would do. And I've just been taking care of her, making sure she's done, you know, okay. You know, because when you're a new mom, you, any new mom is going to want somebody there to kind of help. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and your family took it well too, right? I mean, they did. I think they thought I was crazy initially, but <laughs> they, they took it well. You've stayed single. This has been on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think a lot of people thought I was crazy. There might have even been times where I thought I was crazy, but it was one of those <laughs> things where, you, you know, I knew what I wanted and I was like, okay, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to. And I don't want to ever be in a situation where I look back and, and wish I had yeah. done something or regret that I didn't, you that know. So great yeah i remember you go went through pregnancy and everything just did the whole the whole thing i did everything on my own I even went to the hospital on my own and you know called 911 when when she was coming earlier than i mm -hmm. expected and i almost delivered her on my own but my friend marianne got there within like 2 minutes of her being born and in <laughs> tv makeup and dress and everything you know she um, i had called her and yeah, I was at home and, and, uh, um, yeah, so I ended up having to call the hospital when I realized that, oh, this isn't a good situation. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was a little bit high risk anyway, because of a couple situations. I had an easy pregnancy. I felt good the whole way, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I was a little bit high risk. And so, um, when I realized at one point that, uh, you know, okay, the water broke at home, and I guess I better get to the hospital, and I walked out the door. I had a couple dogs at home, and I didn't want them to freak out if somebody came into the house and, you know, took me out, and I was, so I walked out and met them at the ambulance, and, oh. <laughs> but, and then had my friend Mary in there, like, a couple minutes right before she was born, fortunately, mm. so, 
I had I had purchased a plane ticket for my mom to be here, but Delaney decided she was going to come a little bit earlier than that. So yeah, wow. Well, I know I was early. <laughs> Were you? Early? <laughs> so was I. Well, that's what I said. I remember saying while I was I was in the hospital, um, just about to have her. I said, "Well, she made it longer than I did." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Um, here she is almost five and you're working, you have your own house, you're, you know, just busy with being a mom and you're busy with ACB as well. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, currently president of Illinois Council of the Blind. Um, I've been president of Illinois Council of Blind longer than I've had Delaney. <laughs> so, I've, uh, you know, that's that's going to be terming out here pretty soon. Um, so I've been busy with that. Um, most of my work has been focused on the state side. Um, I feel like, um, even though I, I do still stay involved in national and I know a lot of people in national and, and still work on that level on some committees, I feel like if we don't have strength in our local and state affiliates, then national isn't going to be strong. Mm -hmm. So, I want felt like my, you know, my my time and my efforts needed to be focused, you know, in Illinois, and then mm -hmm. that could kind of transfer over to the state. Now, once I turn out, I'm looking at doing some more things on the national level, mm -hmm. you know, focusing more on national. Um, so I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, and you just had an award at. Uh, I was. Yeah, I was one of the um, award winners for the um, 2019 J.P. Morgan Chase Fellow Leadership Fellows. Mm -hmm. So I was very honored to have been chosen for that award and appreciated that and appreciated the time that it came because uh, here again, you know, as I turn out, um, I'm looking for other opportunities. So I, even though I met, again, a lot of people that I knew, Mm -hmm. in ACB leadership and, and they've known me for a long time, you know, both through my work with ACB radio where mm -hmm. I used to do some of the um, mainstream broadcasts from the convention and I used to do interactive mm -hmm. and, um, but also through some of the committees that I've served on and, and just my interaction with, with a lot of the leadership. So I'm, I'm familiar to a lot of people there, but, you know, mm -hmm. trying to jump into new roles, in ACB and just really kind of exploring through this uh, leadership award that I got was able to kind of get an opportunity to attend some sessions and kind of explore where I wanted to go next um, okay. within ACB. So who knows? We'll, we'll have to see, um, see where things go next year. <laughs> I don't know if it was my being tired or forgetting or Leslie's, very good ability to have somebody not say no, but I realized that I had forgotten. I said I would help on the option committee until I got the email saying I was on it. <laughs> so I do kind of vaguely remember that conversation now, but at the time I think she just caught me when I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then I realized later on. Yeah. So <laughs> she's really good at that. I, Leslie, she, she can get people to say yes to about anything. Yeah, she's, she's good, and she's so she's got that spirit. Wonderful. Yes, she spirit does. For getting a lot done. 
Well, I, I know Dan and Leslie well because when I was president of our local chapter in Orlando, um, Leslie was my vice president and Dan was my treasurer. So <laughs> um, I, I, knew, I know them well. I'd worked with them both for years and, and they've been good friends for years. And, and uh, I think that they're both going to, well, as we all know, they've, they've been an asset to ACB for a long time. But I, mm -hmm. I think it's really going to, well, be front and center now with Dan being president. I, I think mm -hmm. everybody's going to see a lot of things that I already know. And a lot of really is, new and nice energy, real refreshing. And Dan brings so much skill. They both have such a strong love for ACB. They do. They definitely, it, it definitely shows. And, and I think ACB is in good hands. Yep, I yep. do too. I do too. So, wow. Well, lots going on between work and Delaney and radio and Illinois Council. You got plenty to keep you busy. Yeah, and I think for um, the neat thing is I what I hope Delaney is seeing out of all this is kind of a, a spirit of, you know, wanting to do things out in the community and help people. And, you know, she's already kind of got some of that. We've She's actually been mic runner for us at ICB on occasion. You know, she's only four, you know, and but she's all she's she's totally excited and she's always willing to help one way or another, you know, and, um, you know, I hope that through my involvement in ACB, you know, it's obviously something she's going to grow up with and, and hopefully she'll be able to get more involved down the road. Um, yeah. And, and, you look, and I know you let her be a kid. It's not like she's oh, absolutely everything, you know, but there are some things and I bet she, that mic running is probably fun for her, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. She's it's so her. funny watching her, you know, how she kind of processes the whole blind thing. You know, I don't, and I've had people say to me, numerous times and I know every other blind parent has had this happen though so somebody will come up and talk to the kid oh I bet you're a great help to your mom and dad and what do you do to for you what do you do to help your parents and it gets so frustrating because I know or at least I I would like to think that they don't really mean anything by that I know that sometimes it's just a statement that they really didn't think about before they said it. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes that's what people do think is that, well, you know, you had this kid and, and because the kids cited, they're going to come, they're going to be your eyes and they're going to help you and they're going to do all this stuff. You know, I don't expect her to do anything mm -hmm. that another parent wouldn't, uh, another parent would not expect their kid to do. Yeah. You know, we may have a different kind of, interaction on occasion you know there might be something where I can say you know if I can't see something I might say hey Delaney do you see this or can you look at this you know but then maybe I might do something that you know she might normally do you know and so it's not it's not something that she's gonna have to grow up being my helper I had a kid to have a kid I didn't have a kid to have a helper there you go yep that's right. And what does she say when people ask her that question? How weird. Like, you know, when, you know, she hasn't responded to it and I'm totally fine with that. I don't yeah. want her to respond to it. Um, 
when it came up, the first time it came up, she was pretty young. So I don't think she would have known how to respond Mm -hmm. to it anyway. But I don't, I don't expect her to answer those questions. She shouldn't have to, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I, I'm still the mom. She's the kid. And that's, that's how it is. And it's not any different just because I don't see, you know, that's the dynamic is still the same. There might just be a few things here and there that, that she sees for me or that she offers to do to help just because that's the nature of a kid. They like to help. Mm-hmm. They like to do things, yeah. but not required. She's not required to take care of things. Right. Well, that's excellent. She still has to clean up a room. She still yeah. has to, you know, yeah. even though she's like, hey, will you help me? Hey, that's yours, <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's excellent. Well, I know she's, I know she's around some other radio people, and uh, she is a radio girl. I know she likes to talk on the radio. Mm-hmm. I took her, um, I, as I said before, one of the things that I I always like to try to do is have a job outside of the blindness or disability mm-hmm. field, and um, one of the jobs that I've had was on a local um, commercial radio station. Mm-hmm. and um, just worked on the weekends. It's kind of cool. You know, they they kind of adapted things so that, that we could work on it blind. We got the logs um, by email and brailed them out or whatever, you know. So a few little modifications here and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I took her into the studio when she was only, I don't know, a few weeks old. Mm-hmm. And she made a couple little sounds on the air and, so from then on, from right early on, she's been on the radio and she likes to talk. And we were just on WQ&A a few weeks ago. And and she and I want to talk on the radio. And she goes through this whole thing. She starts singing. She's, she's not shy. Definitely oh, not shy. Well, <laughs> bring it out. I mean, Jim brings it out of her and just having a ball. And I think. Well, there is that. <laughs> Ray and I don't know who else, but. I mean, they're just having a ball with her, you know, just, yeah, you know, know, she's just one of us, you know, she's, she might be a kid, but she hangs out with adults a lot and everybody is just taking her in and, and she has fun with all of us. And so Mm -hmm. she's a, she's a pretty mature four, uh, almost five. Mm -hmm. Oh, how sweet. Very, very cool. And I know you have your guide dog. I do. I'm working with Kiona now, who is a black lab from Guide Dogs of Wind in San Rafael. She is Kiona, for anybody listening in Hawaii, probably already might know this, but Kiona is Hawaiian for God's gracious gift. So I I heard that name and I hadn't heard of it before. Well, that's different. It's like Fiona, but with a K. Mm -hmm. And when I heard what it meant, I was like, oh, I like it even more now. You know, I've always, oh, but um, so she's good. my fourth. I had Kelly and I had Jester. Those are the ones that you guys probably would, you would remember. Mm-hmm. Kelly was at your house. Yes. You might have remembered Jester too. I can't remember. I but. don't think I had Jester. At least I might've met him, but he wasn't, you know. I Kelly did all the traveling with me. Yeah, I remember Kelly <laughs> a bunch. Oh, and, yeah. she, and she got hurt on that van. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so oh, sad. Oh, okay. Uh, Kelly was so much fun. Oh, man. Yep. Wow. Well, 
Let's see. Anything else that we didn't cover that you want to get in here? or? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> what were we supposed to cover? Did we cover it? I just feel like we've had a conversation. <laughs> Do you want to give any contact information or tell anybody how they can reach you? Um, sure. Um, let's see. What do I want to give you? My email address, Rachel Renee 70. So it's R-A-C-A-G-L-R-E-N-E-E 70 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, I, here again, I will give you the disclaimer that I don't always check it that mm-hmm. often, but I do try. Yeah. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Rachel Renee 70 which I don't check that as often either, but I, I have kind of checked it a little more often lately. Mm-hmm. So you might be lucky. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, great. I'm, I know a lot of people who know you are going to be happy to catch up with you and know, you know, a little bit about what's, what you're doing. And I mean, some may not really know a lot about Delaney and so it's, it's They'll great. learn about her next year. I'm looking forward to Illinois hosting ACB next year. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure that I will have her with me for part of the time. Yep. So she's, you know, you know, we talk about ACB's next generation. How about the next generation after that? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll have her with me. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just really neat to be part of ACB and and you know give people a place to network and a place to get advocacy work done. And the work of ACB is so important and I'm really glad to be part of it. And I think just the fact that I want people to know that if you, you have control of, of what happens in your life and if you want to go do something, if it's find a certain kind of job or, um, you know, have, a kid if you want to and you don't think it's uh, something that that people would have thought you would have done you know there's always if you want to do something bad enough just find a way to do it and don't let blindness stop you there because you, go. you like can't that. yeah but, and there are so many more tools now I was telling somebody the other day who was you know saying oh you know make sure you have a job where you don't need to see and I'm like you know why why I mean look at Ira look at absolutely you know, there are so many things. Our our iPhones. I mean, it's just really incredible how much we can do um, with the tools that we have. So you know, and I try. I try not to be one of those people that has my phone all the time. It may look like it because of so many of the tools that we use. You know, whether it's seeing AI to read something or Ira to be our eyes for something or be my eyes for that matter. You know, <laughs> all these tools that we use. Just because we have our phones picked up doesn't necessarily mean we're doing social media or games all the time. There's just so many tools that we have available to us that yeah, it could may, possibly be that. We may be reading a barcode or identifying money or doing a GPS thing. or And then there's social media on top of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much for doing Thank the- you for having me. It's going to be on Wednesday, and there's another day, and I don't remember which yet, in this new schedule that's coming out. I know. It's exciting. It's exciting. And uh, I remember way back when we were just getting ACB radio going, and it was really fun to kind of be on the – I wasn't on the very beginning of it, but I certainly was involved in some of the planning of of some things. So it's kind of fun to see some of that happen again. 
you, I look forward to doing more on ACB radio yay. as, as oh, I get more time. That's great. And I think that you were one of the people with Larry streaming at convention. I think you were one of the first doing that with your, your own computers because the one they had there wasn't very good or something. Wasn't that you with him? <laughs> yes. Yes. Many stories of um, our first convention that he and I both attended, which was in um, Birmingham. Oh and also Las Vegas was a little crazy too, mm -hmm. but um, in 2004, 2005 and computers were going down. So we put our own computers into service and we're running from one part of the hotel and convention center to the other with the computers and the equipment and, and broadcasting on interactive and broadcasting on mainstream. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy. I, I remember we still have archives of some of those um, some of those sessions and I did not have a voice by the end of the week. I remember in Las Vegas at the end of the week, we went to a little river band concert mm -hmm. and, and, and talked to the band afterward. And I had talked to him. I said, I would love to find out what you guys are doing now. Um, would love to interview you for my other radio show. And they were very gracious. I say, yeah, come on back tomorrow or whatever. So we came back and we got to sit in on their, um, on their uh, sound check session and did an interview with Wayne Nelson, uh, who's lead singer. And it was just amazing. But here I am doing this interview and I have no voice because I was just running around like crazy through that convention. And I was starting to get the flu and... I had to delay my flight back for a day because I was so sick and oh gosh, but Man. we got to meet the little river band. So it made it all, and we had a good convention, so it made it all worth it. But yeah, some, some good and crazy times with AC. Out of that and he will not share that. He said, I'm not sharing that. That's I'm keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. I, yeah, I did ask him to do IDs. I didn't. Yep. Yeah. I ha I asked him to do HCB uh, radio. I, I almost forgot about that. Yep. It's funny. He's so proud of that, though. Yep. <laughs> I remember that, though. I remember that story and you two being, you know, and I think Chrissy tried to get you to use the equipment and you were like, nope, we're using our own. And I mean, you just ran with it. We knew it was reliable. We knew at that point we just had to get something on the air. And that's, you know, when you deal with radio people, a lot of times you just, you want to have things as perfect as possible. And you say you're going to do something, you want to do what you can do to make it happen. And, you know, we were, this was our first or second convention. And so we were still at that stage of, you know, we really want to, uh, not that we necessarily had to prove that we were worth staying on the team, but, you know, you still, when you're, when you're doing this thing, you just, you want to, make a good impression. And well, yeah, and it, so, was a beginning. it was really a beginning for ACB to begin to have ACB radio at events. So, I mean, that was a huge, huge way of bringing that about. It was fun. You know, and we heard from people all over the world and, and here again, it was just a neat way to, to bring the convention to people who couldn't be there. You know, I certainly, especially in later years, um, you know, when Delaney was really little and I couldn't make it to conventions. So 
I appreciated the fact that ACB Radio was there because he, now here, having, having done the work side of it, I was benefiting from the broadcasts that were happening at convention. I was still able to, to know what was going on through ACB Radio. And it just, yeah. it was nice to be able to say, yeah, I, I was able to bring that to people. Wonderful. you know, in, in prior years as well. So, mm-hmm. and hopefully get to do it again at some point, you know, yeah. I've kind of been doing stateside, but you never know. Maybe, maybe my national work will include more ACB radio mainstream, mainstream stuff as we go too. So you never know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Get back think, into it. Yeah. And I, one of the, one of the thoughts that I've been having is if we could get several people to help with either, taking shifts to broadcast and or taking shifts to help other broadcasters. That way Mm -hmm. nobody is doing all of one thing and too busy to do anything else because there's so many more people in the pool to help. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it is, it is a volunteer situation for so many of us. We all have jobs and Mm -hmm. you know, we have, some of us have full-time jobs and kids, you know, so the time to be able to do that is a little bit more limited, you know, when you're, when you're, when it's just you and you just are, you know, you have a part-time job or you're, you're making up your schedule. You got a little more flexible time to do it. But now, you know, my priorities have to be with Delaney and, you know, I'm kind of in that, okay, got to get ready for school mode and got to do this, got to make sure she can get to her fun shop. And, you know, so my priorities, although they are still ACB radio, my ACB radio and ACB priorities had to be shifted down one, you know, for a little one on the top, you know, but that doesn't mean that, that they're not still important. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to still do it. It just, it just means I have to do it a little bit differently. And, you know, I had to step back for a few years, but I, she's getting a little bit older, so I might be able to step back into the forefront a little bit more, and I look forward to doing that. Well, I heard you on the, was it the uh, Midwest Conference? Midwest Leadership, yeah. we that yeah. was incredible. I was so blown away, and it was such a quality job, and you really were were strong and I don't know what did I say <laughs> I don't remember to participate in thinking about what they would take what they got that day what they would take it was just a lot the whole day oh. was filled huh. with people sharing it was it was wonderful I was oh I, I do remember that now thank you <laughs> I remember I wrote something I was very impressed <laughs> I think you did I think I do remember you have having uh contacted me after that i i wrote something not only to you but somewhere. yeah i do remember it i do remember that now yeah because i thought it did a lot of things i was thinking it would be good for national to pick up on because you did a lot to elicit the the information from the people there and not just giving it to them not just feeding them information but you all had your people there were that were there participating and there a lot of younger people they were not intimidated by age they didn't feel like oh we just have to learn from them and really they knew that they that the people of all ages could learn from them as well you know absolutely yeah it was a midwest leadership conference that was kind of paired up with the young professionals conference mm-hmm. and and I really like that pairing. Like you say, there's a lot that we all could learn from each other. And, mm-hmm. and 
certainly with uh, the social media aspect of things and you know people the young professionals are going to know be a lot more in that loop than some of the the leaders and so those are things that they could share you know and just having those perspectives um, it was just one of those things where we we had such a a lot of information shared that day I really wanted people to have a chance to be able to reflect on what they learned and share at least one thing of what they learned with the whole group because everybody's going to walk away with something different. Everybody's going to walk away with a different perspective and, and just having that information and, and it was just really neat to, to hear how everybody was impacted by that conference. And that's, that's definitely what we had hoped for. Yeah. Well, and I was just super impressed. I thought it was really blazing a new trail in a lot of ways in how you all conducted that. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, listen, thank you so much for being here. And um, I know we'll do other things. So this is really great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing many people next year and Schomburg and working with people before that and whatever role I happen to jump into. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Time for us to start reaching.